0: Hey, uh, I don't know if you guys have taken any good road trips lately. Our family really likes a good road trip. Uh, this last summer, we went all the way out to Montana. It was a wonderful drive. We got to see some of the beauty of God's creation. And um, our uh, it's, it's something our family enjoys. But you know, part of being a Christian is taking a journey. It's being on your way to somewhere else. And one of the things that we talk about here at Res Life is... Where you're at on that journey, it came up in our adult ed class just this morning as we were talking about it. And one of the things that we continue to reinforce here is it's not so much where you're at on your journey, it's where you're going, specifically what direction you're going. Are you moving forward? Is there growth in your life? Can you look back and see where you came from? And can you look forward and and identify where you're going to? I really believe that what God wants from each one of us is progress you know it's really easy to get caught up in well how how spiritually mature am i how do i compare to everybody else but that's not how god looks at it in fact when god looks at our life he's not impressed with any of us he's not impressed with you and he's not impressed with me because god is absolutely holy no sin nothing wrong nothing broken ever from eternity past god is perfect he's just that good And when he looks at you and I, even those who are doing the best in this entire congregation, it's not impressive to God. But what God loves is he loves to see the progress of moving forward. So it's not how high have you attained. It's what direction you're moving. And what we've been doing with this current sermon series is I've been trying to give you an opportunity to have seven signs along the way to point you in the right direction. And my hope is that as we go through each one of these seven signs, you will look at your life and you'll compare it to that sign and you'll say, is this true of my life? If you don't see each one of these signs in your life, then you've probably gotten off track somewhere. Now, when we drove to Montana, we had several opportunities to get off track and thank the Lord, even without GPS, just with the old-fashioned map, we stayed on track and made it all the way there. But in your spiritual life, there's lots of opportunities for you to get off track, to go the wrong direction, to go away from God instead of towards God. And so each one of these gives you an opportunity to check in. And so the first thing we talked about is being intentional. Do you have a plan? Christians who don't have a plan don't move towards God. They might not move at all or they might just move around in a circle or they might go backwards, but you've got to have a plan. You've got to know what you need to work on. You've got to respond to what the Holy Spirit has told you. And you've got to do that thing. What's your plan this year? What's your plan this month? What are you working on? What is God speaking to you about? Be intentional. That was the first sign. The second one was be relational. You need to let people in. Pastor Mark just talked about having an accountability partner. For those guys, you can see Bob. Ladies, the person that this church is responsible for that is actually my mom, Ann Axtell. So guys, gals, doesn't matter. We've got people that will help connect you in accountability relationships. Does somebody know you? Do they know who you are? Do they know what your struggles are? Do they have the opportunity to speak into your life? Will they encourage you if you get downhearted? Everybody here needs to be relational. And then thirdly, you need to be communal. You need to think about church from the standpoint of we're all in this together. I can't do your job and you can't do mine. But thank the Lord he sent you and I both here. And if we both do our job as a church, we'll be everything God created us to be. But you are an integral part of what God has called this church to be and to do. And on Sunday morning when we come together, there are people here that need encouragement. And you might be the provision for them. There are people that need advice. And you might be the one to give them that advice. There's no way that the staff is going to be able to do all that. It's you and I, each one as individuals, being communal. And then last week we talked about being active. you got to get involved in some stuff. We have so many ministries that run at this church. It's amazing. Pastor Mark and I sometimes, our minds spin with all of the activity that goes on here. But each activity, although they're all important, requires a team of people to be involved. And almost all of them are understaffed. They said, well, we could use a little bit more talent. We could use more energy. We could use more ideas. We need more people. And as I look around at the congregation, I go, you know, we actually have enough people. Somebody's not doing their job. And so last week, I encouraged you, be active. Get involved. Sign yourself up. Don't say, well, nobody ever asked me. Come up with a plan. Go ask somebody else or start something new. I can't remember the last time we said, nope, sorry, we've got enough ministry. Can't do that. If it's what the Holy Spirit put in your heart, we'll fan the flame as best we can. But be active. Get involved. Life is short. Do something to change the world that you live in. Be active. This morning, before we jump into this next principle, number five, I'd like to invite Reggie to come up. Reggie, where are you at? He's already up. Wow, that's amazing. Just out of nowhere. Now, I know Reggie's good looking, but that's not why we asked him to come up. That's just a side benefit. I asked Reggie to come up here because Reggie is taking part in something we do here at Restoration Life called the spiritual assessment. It's an opportunity that we give each person here to sit down with someone who will walk them through their life's plans, very similar to the sermon series we're doing right now. Just check in, how you doing on your journey, and give you some good feedback so that you can do better at following the Lord. So, Reggie, tell us how you first got involved. In that how'd you get signed up? How'd you know about it?
1: Um, I found out about it. I found out about it through Pastor Mark, and at the time, I was in accountability with um, Dan Kilmer, mm-hmm. and he basically walked me through it.
0: Okay. And, and why did you want to do that? I mean, that's kind of intimidating, right? Sit down with the pastor, and he's going to talk about your life. But what is it that made you say, "Yeah, I want to sign up for that"?
1: Well, at, at that point, I became very intentional by my walk with the Lord, and I didn't really have a good sense of where I was at, and I figured that was a good way to get started. And I really, you know, put that trust in him to uh, guide me in the right direction. And the questions were
0: very helpful. Okay. Um, What difference did it make in your life? As you look at where you're at now and where you were before you took the assessment, what changes have you seen?
1: I would definitely say it was very instrumental as far as my walk with the Lord because I went through it at a time where um, I was just about to be unemployed. And during that time, the action steps that I walked away with from the assessment, I put those in play. And one of them was fellowship, make sure we're building the right relationships and accountability, you know, just to be able to make sure we're encouraging each other and growing. And that's what I did during that time. And thank goodness I did because I got a lot of encouragement during those three months I wasn't employed to trust in the Lord that he's going to provide for me.
0: Awesome. Now, all these people that haven't done it yet. They're wondering what kind of questions we ask. Like, how intimate does this get? How personal is it? What kind of things did you and Pastor Mark talk about?
1: Uh, Well, some of the things that came up was really prayer and just fellowship, accountability, and you know, just you know, getting into the Word, and um, and it was backed up by Scripture. So for me, that that made it more convicting in a sense that by applying myself, I'm basically doing God's will and it wasn't it wasn't uncomfortable in any way it's not like you're you know you're being scrutinized hey you're not doing this you're not doing that it's just kind of a good roadmap
0: to basically gauge where you are and what you need to do to get where you should be okay so you felt affirmed you felt encouraged okay if people are sitting here today and they've never done a spiritual assessment what would you say to them
1: you know i would say it is there are many ways to get going and find out where you are but for me um it, it was instrumental um it's something that is not, it's painless, you know, and, and, and going through it, you will walk a lot, away with a lot. And, I mean, that's something businesses do, you know. They put together a plan five years, and they break it down in small pieces, and they, they go at it. And that's something as Christians, and I walk with the Lord, we want to be more and more like him. So it's good to have a plan, you know, to make sure that we're on the right track and checking in,
0: basically. All right. Reggie, the, the good-looking man with a plan. Thank you, Reggie. Yeah, Pastor, whoa, baby. Yeah, there's sign-ups in the back. Where do we go to get those sign-ups? Are they going round? Okay, it couldn't be easier than that. You can sit right in the comfort of your own seat and sign up for a spiritual assessment. Uh, Somebody will contact you, sit down with you. This is a powerful tool that God's given us to help you grow in your spiritual journey. You don't have to do it, but I really encourage you to. We're trying to make it as easy as possible because truly our heart is to see every person at Rest Life truly understand what God created them for, to start to live it out and start to gain the victory in their life that God has already promised in the scriptures is possible if you would just respond in faith. So I encourage you to do that. We're rooting for you. We're cheering for you. We want to equip you, but you've got to do your part. So sign up for that. You know, the spiritual assessment really demonstrates the principle that I want to talk about this morning. It's this whole concept of being aligned. Being aligned with God's Word, with the truth of God's Word. If you think about uh, your car, I don't know if anybody's taken their car in for a realignment, but if you picture your car that you drive, what happens when you take your hands off the wheel? Will your car continue to stay in the lane, or will it veer to the right Or to the left. Now, if your car veers, you really need to get an alignment job. It's not safe to have a car that veers because if you look off to the side or you just stop paying attention for a second, you can go into oncoming traffic or onto the shoulder. So it's very important that you have a car that stays the course. And you know, in your spiritual life, we tend to veer sometimes. And sometimes we need to get realigned. And so this morning, I want to talk about alignment with God's truth and just how important it is for you and I to live out the life that God called us in his word to live out. You know, God created the entire world. And as part of creating the world, he set down certain laws, certain rules, and scientists have identified some of them. And some of these rules that God created, like gravity, I step off the edge of the stage, I go down. We all know that's a rule. It's part of the world that we live in. It governs us. You can't decide you don't want gravity to affect you tomorrow. It just is. And there are certain things that God created in this world and and they are constant. And one of those is that there's a cause and effect relationship between so many things in life. And how you live your life has an effect not only on you, but on the world around you. Everything works together or nothing works at all. And when God created the world, He made this intricate system that science understands maybe just the tip of the iceberg. But how everything is connected together. How your life intersects with other lives. How your life intersects with nature. How emotions connect with chemical imbalances. All of these things are interconnected. And there's cause and effect. Cause and effect. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that In all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. God's promised us in Romans 8.28 is that in all things, chemical imbalances, work issues, health issues, the way your car runs, how long it lasts before the engine blows, all these things work together. And God knows how they're all interconnected. Now, you and I will never understand how they're all interconnected, You may understand a few. You don't put oil in your car. The engine's not going to last as long. We get that. But how all of these intricate details are connected and how the decisions you make affect all of those things, only God knows the full extent. But in God's word, we're taught that if we live according to God's will for our life, if we pay attention to God's word and we do our best to live it out, God says he'll use that together for good. He'll weave those things together in a way that you and I could never comprehend, but we can still appreciate because it changes our experience and it changes those around us. You know, uh, we created uh, a nice new tool at Restoration Life called Restoration Life Online. Uh, Actually, it's restlifeonline.com. It's this new website that one of our folks, Brandon, put together and it some of you guys, in fact, I think last I checked, there's like 90 of you on there. But it's a, it's a place where you can go online and, and we can have a forum to communicate. And so if you haven't done that, I'd, I'd encourage you to do it. If you get the newsletter, you can just click on a link there or you can go to restlifeonline.com. But one of the things that gives me an opportunity to do as a pastor is I can post blogs. So I thought, oh, this could be fun. I want to try out something new. So this week I went on there and I said, want to help me write my sermon? I've always wanted to do this, but we're all so busy. How do I get time to sit down with you and ask you guys questions before I get up here and speak at you? And so I wrote on there, do you want to help me with my sermon? I just gave a little synopsis of where I was kind of going with this. And I said, any feedback? And I got some amazing feedback this week. It was such a good experience from my perspective. I'm going to continue to do it week after week. But this is what I wrote. This week we'll be tackling Be Aligned. The big idea here is that when you do things God's way, as revealed by God in the Word of God or the Bible, things work. So you do it God's way, it works. When you don't do things His way, things fail. It's a pretty simple concept. There's blessing for others when you get things right and curses when you don't. The same is true for nature and all of creation. It's an entire system God created and we're part of the whole, even as we are individual and responsible for our own choices. That's what I wrote on there. It's the big idea. Let me read to you some of the responses I got because I think reading it in their own words is probably better than I could do to try and sum it up. Amy Flynn wrote, interesting, reading First Peter, you are blessed if you're persecuted for doing what's right. I know in the long run that doing things God's way makes things work, but at the time it doesn't always seem so. Sometimes it even seems that things get harder doing things God's way. That's a great perspective. I didn't, didn't think about that. I was thinking about all the positive side. Sometimes you'll be tempted along the way to think, you know, it actually seems harder to do it God's way than to do it a different way. But in the long run, like Amy said, we know by faith it will be better. John Shan wrote, I believe when we, when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, God began the work in us that He will not stop until its completion. Philippians 1.6. This process is one of killing the old self and allowing the new to take control, but we fight against that and God will not grant us success because he loves us. So instead of soaring on wings like eagles, Isaiah 40, we as believers continue to live in defeat, depression, and dissatisfaction because we have yet to figure out that God is trustworthy and his ways are better than our ways. He changed my life and showed me peace and joy that I've never even imagined possible. Had I only known 20 years sooner. And if you go on there and read. John's got his whole testimony on there. Mike Marquez said. uh, Quick thought from a sermon I once heard from Tony Evans. So long as you continue to fail the test. God's going to keep you in the classroom. You like taking tests I guess. Uh, He says to be honest with you. I am reminded a lot of Jonah. That is a wonderful picture of running from the Lord. To make things worse, Jonah was God's very own prophet, so he must have really known he was blowing it. Ramona Blount wrote, My experience is that God is so faithful and does not give up on us. He gives us opportunity after opportunity to choose life and not death. However, every time that we choose death, especially when God is trying to deal with a specific area of sin nature in us, the consequences become harder and more far-reaching. It would behoove us to obey the first or second time that he brings that sin nature to our attention. God has not promised us that he would remove the consequences of sin from our life, but that he will be with us and surround us as we walk through them, if and when we surrender to him. And then Chris Reagan writes, The night before the Hebrew nation attacked Jericho, Joshua was out alone and saw a magnificent warrior approaching him with his sword drawn. Joshua asked, Are you on our side? Or theirs? The warrior replied, No. I am the captain of the host of the Lord. This is holy ground. Remove your sandals. God's captain reframed Joshua's question from being about the Hebrews or those from Jericho to a focus of being on God's side. The captain was not on the Hebrews' side. He was on God's side. And he quickly began giving Joshua orders. The only side that matters is God's align with him or face off against the captain of the host of the Lord whose sword is already drawn So I just really appreciate the feedback there and the different perspectives but God gave me a perspective that I want to bring to you this morning on this whole idea of alignment and before I get into the text for this morning I just want to remind you of two things that the Bible says about being aligned with God's word, being aligned with God. Number one, God created everything. Genesis 1.1, 1, 1. in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that we can see, touch, feel, taste, God created. This earth and all that's in it, it's his handiwork. He pictured it, he designed it, he spoke it, and it happened. God created everything, including you and I. But not only that, you look out into the, into the stars, into the sky. As far as you can see, it's all God's creation. God made it all. And when God made the stars and the heavens and when he made the earth, it was all part of the same system. And it all works beautifully together. And it's just, it blows our mind. If, if you ever have an opportunity to just look at nature, you see a piece of the creator in nature. God made it all, everything in it, designed by God and then secondly, everything that God made, all of that grandeur is today cursed because of the sin of Adam and Eve because of the sin of you and me. Genesis 3:17 says, "Cursed is the ground because of you. Romans 8:20 20 and 22 for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up into this present time. The dirt in your front yard is cursed. Did you know that? It's not just your car that falls apart. It's not just your body that decays and gets old. It's everything. All of God's creation, it says, is groaning. As in the pains of childbirth, when is God going to restore us? When is God going to fix what is broken? Because everything's broken. The whole system is broken. You wonder why life is so hard sometimes? I'll tell you why life's so hard. It's hard because of sin. God didn't create it messed up, He created it perfect. Sin messed it up. And yet you and I still dabble with sin as if it's something that we can play with. That's dangerous stuff. It messes up the whole world. It's not just your life you're messing up when you sin. It's the dirt in your front yard. That hit me this week as I was driving my car. My grass in my front yard is suffering because of me. That's heavy. I like to think my sins only affect me. Well, it's just me. Between me and God. It's not what the scripture says. Your sin is affecting your entire world. Our text this morning is Deuteronomy chapter 28, 1 to 13. If you'll turn with me there or watch on the overhead behind me. At the end of the book of Deuteronomy, God has been bringing the Jews, His chosen people into a place of covenant relationship with him where he could bless them. And as part of this agreement, this covenant that God made with these people, he said, look, here's how things are going to work. You've got a choice to make. You can follow me and be obedient to my commands. You can align yourself with me or not. But there's going to be consequences depending on what you choose. And so I just want to look at the first 13 verses of chapter 28 this morning. Because I want you to get a real sense for this God who created the entire system, the designer, and how he views the connection between the choices that we make as people and the creation that is all around us. Chapter 28, verse 1, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow his commands that I give you today, the Lord God will set you high above the nations on earth All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock and the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he has given you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people as he promised you on an oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity. In the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, and the crops of your ground. In the land he swore to your forefathers to give you. The Lord will open the heavens and the, and the storehouse of his bounty to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day, and carefully follow them, You will always be at the top, never at the bottom. You know, in this passage, there's one word that pops up over and over. It's a little short, tiny word, but it has a whole lot of significance. It's two letters, I-F. If you do this, if you obey me, if you will align, then all these things will happen. There's a cause And there's an effect. If you do what is right, if you do right things, if you align yourself with me, then things will go well all around you. If you read on in that chapter, he says, if you don't, let me tell you what life's going to look like. It's not good. I didn't read it this morning, but I can just tell you. In summary, it's really, really bad. There's a cause and there's an effect. And God tells his people, do what's right. And things will go well if you do. Verse 1, he says, if you fully obey the Lord, your God, and carefully follow his commands. And there's two things in there that jump out to me. He says, if you fully obey. If you're like me, sometimes you're tempted to meet God kind of like halfway. You say, God, you know, look, I'm doing my best here. I'm just one guy, one gal. And I got a busy life. And I'm going to do this for you, and I'm going to do that but I really don't have time to do these things. I don't have the energy. I can't possibly love that person. I'm just, I'm going to meet you halfway. And what he says here is if you fully obey. That means when God tells you this is truth, once you know it's true, whether you reveal it through his word or the conscience that God put in your heart or the Holy Spirit reveals it as truth, you need to align yourself with it fully. That's where the blessing comes from being fully aligned. And he says, carefully follow. So what God's saying here is, I want you to do the whole thing. Don't just play at this. Get it right. Do all the stuff that I ask you to do to the best of your ability all the time. And if you do, wow, blessing. There's going to be some serious blessing in your life. And you know, I I know you want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. I never wake up in the morning going, I feel like being cursed today. We all want to be blessed. But do you take seriously God's call in your life to fully obey and to carefully follow? Because that's what it says. If you do these things, then you'll be blessed. Verse 2, all these blessings will come upon you and accompany you again if you obey the Lord your God. Another small word that pops up in the Bible a lot, A-L-L, all. When God says all, you want to pay attention to that. Sometimes it's all good, sometimes it's all bad. In this case, he says, all these blessings, all this good stuff is going to happen in your life. Not some of it. It's not a roll of the dice. Hey, you may get some good stuff come your way. He says, I will do all of these things for you. God wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. But he won't do it despite you. He wants you to obey and to follow his commands, to align yourself with his word. And so then in verses 3 through 12, we see a description of some of the blessings that would come our way. Now, we're looking at a passage that's quite old. I want to bring some of these things into more of a contemporary world. He talks about our womb being blessed. This is the fruit of the womb. This is children. And a lot of you have children. And you want the best for your children. I want the best for my children. How do your children get blessed? Well, that has a whole lot to do with how you're living your life. You want children to be blessed? Obey God. Align yourself with His truth. Live according to the Word of God, and your children will be blessed. Oh, but we got to get homework done, and I got to get them to ballet lessons, and they got soccer practice, and they got to go to the play date, and they got. You want your kids to be blessed? It doesn't say that that stuff's all important. Now it might be important to you, and I'm not saying it's bad. But you want your kids to be blessed? You better live according to the word of God. That's how kids get blessed. You know, we think as parents we're in so much control. When I first had, had kids, I thought, you know, I got to watch that so they don't fall down and they don't burn themselves. They don't play with a light socket. You know, there's sharp things they can swallow. At. You're worried about all these things in your kid's life. And you realize pretty early on, I lay them down to bed at night and I turn off the light and I close the door. And I have no control over whether or not that child's going to be breathing when I come back in. That's scary for a new parent. But then I'm reminded God has control over those things. God can take care of my kid. All I have to do is do my best and live right. And God can bless and care for your children. You want to do something right in your kid's life? You want to see blessing in their life? Live the Word of God to the best of your ability... Every moment of your life, your child will be blessed. He also mentions our crops. Now, I don't know about you. I have a vegetable garden. We grow some stuff in there, but I'm not really a crop guy. Most of my stuff comes from Trader Joe's. My wife goes and buys it and brings it home in a a sealed bag. But it says here our crops will be blessed. And I'm thinking, well, what does that mean for us today? I don't grow crops. I think he's talking about those things that you you work and you toil to build to make most of you have a job you have tasks that you do you have possessions you have things that you own i remember at our men's study there's a guy named tony jennings that goes to first baptist and i've heard him tell this story three or four times but he talks about this toyota pickup that he had and he drove this thing for like 20 years and he told us I don't know how that car lasted that long. All I know is before I was a Christian, my cars never lasted that long. And then I became a Christian and God convicted me that I need to give money towards the church. And I said, I can't give money towards the church. I have no money to give. I'm broke. Now, he had a decent job and he made money, but he spent it all. But he said, God said, you need to give. So I gave. And then all of a sudden, crazy things started happening in my life. Like my car lasted for 20 years. 20 years. And he says, I can't prove it. But he would bank on it that God started blessing him because he was faithful to God's word. How well does your stuff last? How often do thieves break in and steal? How often does your car break down? How often does a tree fall on your house? I don't know. I don't know your your story, but I know this. God promises if you live according to his will... He'll take care of all your needs. Your car will break when it's supposed to break. Your house will function perfectly as long as it's supposed to function. And God will take care of the details. Remember I said it's all woven together. There's this cause and effect relationship. The whole universe, it's all tied together. You don't know how all that stuff works, but God knows. And He's able to take care of the details in your life. It says that in the Bible, that when the children of Israel walked in the desert for 40 years, God caused their sandals not to wear out for 40 years. Have you ever had a pair of shoes that lasted 40 years? It doesn't sound possible, but it says in God's Word that He caused their shoes to last for 40 years. God can make your stuff work a lot longer than it's supposed to work, if He wants to. Would you trust God to be that part of your life that works out all those intricate details? If you align yourself with Him, He says, I'll take care of that. Now, if you don't align yourself with Him, you can go out and buy your own shoes and fix your own car. But God says His promises, He'll take care of your possessions. Just get yourself right with Him. Stay on track. He talks about the basket, our basket being a full, abundance. Now, I think we would all agree this morning, good, plentiful food is not a problem for most of us. Amen? If you want to get some good food, you know where to get it. You have accessibility to it. God has blessed this country, and on this in this regard, it's really easy to go, I don't need God. I got Safeway. And I can point out three or four restaurants I love. But again... Those are things that are all within God's control. The economy is changing right now. People are losing jobs. How much of the good food that you enjoy is because you did something magnificent to make it happen? That's not me. I just happen to get lucky and be born in a time and a place where there's good food everywhere. Do you give thanks to God for that? Or do you say, ah, oh, God had nothing to do with it. I control that. The food that you enjoy is a blessing from God. Sometimes we sit and we have a prayer before we eat and we thank God for the food. It's like this trite thing that we do because, you know, that's the way we were raised. We've seen it on movies. But do we really mean thank you, God, for this food? Or do we just mean, well, we're going to say thank you to God, but we could have got all this without him. God provided that for you. It's a blessing in your life. He should be thanked for it. Because God has blessed us with good food. He says that he'll watch over us in our coming in and our going out. It's this whole idea of being safe. I don't want you to do this because it'll depress you. But if you added up all the money that you spend on insurance, deadbolts, home alarms, all the money you spend just to feel safe in the world that we live in, it would be a lot of money. Just the amount of money you pay for auto insurance and Insurance on your house. That's a lot of money. And if we added up all the money that this congregation spends every year just on insurance, it would be staggering. Just to feel safe. But God says here, you want to really feel safe? Do what I ask you to do. Align with me, and I'll take care of your safety. He says that all the people of the earth will be blessed through us. You know, he's talking about the unbelievers. There's a lot of people that live around you that don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. How are they supposed to know? Cause and effect. They watch your life and that has an effect on them and they know about God because of you. If you align yourself, your whole sphere of relationships is blessed. And then lastly, he says that he'll bless the work of our hands, our job. You know, I just built a shed in my backyard, some of the fellas came over and helped me out this week. But I spent one day last Saturday just working like a dog. And I got that thing almost all framed in one day. And it was a glorious day. And I went to bed with a sore back, but a happy face because I knew I got a lot done. The next day I got up and I went to put the the sheeting on. And I'll tell you what, somewhere I made a mistake the day before. Didn't know where it was, but I went to put on a, a, a square piece of plywood and nothing was lining up. And I spent four hours doing what should have taken me an hour. How does that stuff happen? I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know. I thought I did everything right. But you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes things just flow for you. And other times you like, feel like you're walking in mud. It's just so cumbersome. I can't make this work. Isn't that the way work is sometimes? Align yourself with God. He'll bless you in your work. Your reputation. Your productivity. It all goes better when you align yourself with God. These are the promises of the God of the universe to you and to me. This is how He operates. God says, follow me and I'll make things go well. Disobey me. Go and do your own thing. Life can be pretty messy. You know... Uh, At the end of this, he promises you'll always be on the top and never at the bottom. And I think when we read Scripture, we're often tempted to say, how does this affect my life? I want to be on the top. Okay, I'll obey this Scripture. I want good things to come in my life. I'll obey this Scripture. But I was convicted this week as I was looking at this. This isn't just about you and about me getting a better life. It goes way beyond that. You are the only hope that many people around you have to experience goodness. We just invited Tommy and Leanna to come and live in our house. I've got two new kids living with us. And I've been telling my kids for years, and now I'm telling Tommy and Leanna, you know there's a lot of broken stuff in this world. There's a lot of evil. There's a lot of hatred. There's a lot of selfishness. And do you know the world doesn't need any more of that? Not a drop more of that. We've got an overabundance of brokenness, overabundance of hate and overabundance of selfishness what the world needs is some goodness poured into it and god created us to do that as christians as people who he's redeemed he's put his holy spirit in he expects you and i to go out and to have an effect on the world that we live in and to take brokenness and restore it and turn it into wholeness that's the power that god gave to you that's the power god gave to me But he says, here's the method for doing that. You align yourself with God's word. You get lined up with the truth in this book, and you'll be an agent for change. You'll go into your world, things will go smoother at work, in your home, in your kids' school, in your garden, in the backyard. God will bless the dirt, He'll bless the relationships, He'll bless the moving parts. If you'll align yourself with him, this world needs restoration. God's called us to be that. Would you be willing to align yourself up with God's word so that you can change the world that God put you in? Because that's his plan for you. And that's his plan for me. But it all comes down to those two little letters, I and F. If you'll align, then God will do all these things. We have a decision to make, each and every one of us. It's a decision we make many times every day. If you will align, God will bless. He'll bless you. He'll bless everything around you. He'll bring restoration. And by God's grace, I can stand before you this morning and say, I'm a living testimony to this truth. I have so much goodness that's come out of our life and our family. And I look at it, and I can't tell you exactly how most of it happened. I honestly don't know. We've gotten to live overseas and experience incredible things. We've gotten to do so many wonderful things as a family. I get to, to you know meet with people all the time. I was telling Nick, I get to do a wedding today. Who am I to do a wedding? How did I get to do that? That's so cool. It's God. God's blessed me. God's blessed our family. How? Because we said, Lord, I want to align with your word. I want to do things your way. And there's a ripple effect. To everyone around us, it's really good to be aligned with God. And so I encourage you this morning: if you need to make some adjustments to get realigned with God's Word, if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about maybe some of those things that you know you should do but you don't, then make those changes. Because every time you do your own thing and don't align with God's Word, cursing goes out into your community. Cursing goes out into your yard. Cursing goes out to your kids. Cursing goes out everywhere. But when you align with God, it turns to blessing. That's the power that God's given you and I by our choices that we make. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you this morning that you bless us, that you give us so many good gifts. And Lord, even sometimes when we disobey, You still bless us anyway. And we taste of your grace. But Lord, we know that the normal way that you work is that blessing follows obedience and alignment. And cursing follows disobedience and sin. Lord, each one of us here this morning have sin in our lives, some more than others, but we all have it, God. And we know that you've given us the power to overcome sin through your Holy Spirit and through the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross. Lord, would you help each one of us to align ourselves better. To live each day with the knowledge that we have an effect on the world around us. Lord, that our blessing could spill out into the lives of others. Our blessing could spill out into the things that we own and possess. The reputation that we have. Lord, would you help us to be mindful of that each and every moment. So that when we have choices to make, if this, then that, Lord, we would choose to align with you and not do our own thing. God, we want to be those men and those women who do your work on this earth and bring healing and restoration into a broken world. Lord, would you help us to do that, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.